You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Palo Alto Networks has the broadest, most comprehensive cybersecurity for private cloud, public cloud, and SaaS environments because secure clouds are happy clouds. Protect yours today at go.paloaltonetworks.com slash secure clouds. The Handmaid's Tale. Dystopia ain't good at happy endings. By Charlie Locke. In a dystopia, there are no happy endings. Despite what June says or thinks, life will never return to the way it was. Myra can't erase the nights of ritual rape. Janine can't restore the eye the Republic of Gilead took from her. June can't be there for her daughter's childhood. But as long as there's resistance, there's hope. When the handmaids first arrived at the Rachel and Lee Center for Training... They shared a look of terror in their eyes, a look June, Elizabeth Moss, had never seen in real life. But by the Handmaid's Tale season finale, June, armed with a package for the May Day resistance, is no longer afraid. They should never have given us uniforms if they didn't want us to be an army, she thinks, striding down snowy Boston streets with her fellow red-dressed soldiers. Gilead's leaders, though, won't go down without a fight. An ugly one. After June hides the mystery package behind a bathtub at her commander's home, his wife, Serena Joy, Ivan Strahovski, hits her across the face, knocking June to the floor. I trusted you, she says. You could have left me with something. Mrs. Waterford has found out about June's illicit brothel trips with her husband, betraying the strict roles of the Republic. After bloodying her face, Serena Joy hands her a pregnancy test. She needs to know that the knights with the commander, the affair between June and Nick she helped orchestrate, have at least resulted in a baby. For Serena Joy and the regime, that's the whole point of June's existence. And it's worked. June is pregnant. Immediately things change. Serena Joy doesn't harm her. Rita hugs her and prepares her a special breakfast. When June tells Nick, Max Mingella, the presumed father, we see a rare moment of intimacy as he touches her stomach, holds her hand, and leans into her shoulder. 
Rape and misogyny didn't prompt him to fight against the regime, but personal stakes, the possibility of his own child, do. They could be a family. They could escape. Serena Joy senses their private hope and has a plan to squash it. She escorts June into a car, locks the doors behind her, and takes her to a nearby house. June is left in the car while Serena Joy walks up and sits on the steps of the home with a little girl dressed in pink, June's daughter, Hannah. June pleads with the driver to be let out, pounds on the window, throws herself against the car door to no avail. As long as my baby is safe, so is yours, Serena Joy tells her, ensuring that June, the vessel carrying the baby she wants, remains compliant. Serena Joy may feel June has rendered her powerless in her marriage, but she always finds a way to remind her handmaid who is in control. You are deranged. You are fucking evil. You know that? says June, spitting the words at the commander's wife through the window. You're a goddamn motherfucking monster! A monster who can use Hannah's life as collateral. June asks the commander to protect her daughter, but there are no guarantees. She is trapped. But Moira, Samira Wiley, isn't. She finally made it out of Gilead after taking a man's clothes at Shiv Point and driving off from the brothel Jezebel's. She makes it to Ontario and is brought to a government center, where we finally see the mundane bureaucracy of survivors. A man gives Moira a refugee ID card, a prepaid cell phone, a bag of clothes, a medical insurance card. Oh, Canada. Then she's free to do as she wants, to read, to shower, to get food. The caseworker tells a dumbfounded Moira, It's completely up to you. Entirely alone and unmoored, she wanders out of the office to find Luke, O.T. Fagbenli, her best friend's husband, waiting for her. You're on my list, says Luke. It doesn't matter if they fought a lifetime ago. They're family. After Serena Joy confronts him about his affair with June, the commander tries to make amends. Soon, Offred, or June, will be gone and the three of them, Serena, Fred, and the baby, will be able to start a new family. Once the handmaid has served her purpose, she'll disappear from their lives. Except stealing someone's baby isn't quite so easy. After he made promises to his handmaid, Janine, that they could run away together, Commander Putnam, Stephen Kunkin, can't leave his sin in the past. He faces a tribunal of peers, and thanks to his wife's plea that he receive the harshest possible punishment, he loses a hand for his affair. The wives still hold some power, even if it's only vindictive. But Janine, Madeline Brewer, the transgressive handmaid, suffers a worse fate. When the other handmaids are summoned to a salvaging, it's not an unknown man they're told to stone to death, but one of their own. For once we see the internal struggle of Aunt Lydia, and Dowd, the woman who trained and subjugated these women, my special girls, she says, looking out across a sea of red dresses and white bonnets, so beautiful. But the punishment for endangering a child is death by stoning. And so one of her special girls must die. She blows the whistle. 
but the handmaids rally and refuse to murder Janine. Off Glen, Tatiwana Jones, the most stalwart believer in Gilead, shouts out that this is insane and gets hit with the muzzle of a gun. The rest of the handmaids stand in silence, holding their rocks. June looks up, drops her stone, and says, I'm sorry, Aunt Lydia. The other handmaids follow suit. It's an act of rebellion couched in submissive apology. Aunt Lydia is confused, upset, irate. There will be consequences, believe me, she tells the handmaids. But for now they've saved the life of one of their own. As June sits by her window, awaiting punishment for sparing the life of her friend, she feels calm. I ought to be terrified, but I feel serene, she thinks. There's a kind of hope, it seems, even in futility. A black car pulls up, and before the eyes come to take her away, Nick tells her, Just go. Trust me. Surprising no one, he finally sees the value in bucking the system when his own child is involved. June walks past the bewildered Waterfords and into the car. And so I step up into the darkness within, or else the light, she thinks. She's headed for either punishment or escape. Either way, she's leaving. Margaret Atwood's Handmaid's Tale novel ends Offred's story here. In an additional chapter, a professor of Gileadian studies dissects her diary for facts, but cannot find records of the rest of her life. The first season expanded significantly from the book, through the stories of Myra, Janine, and Luke, and season two will do the same. The world has escaped from the book and has taken on a new life of its own, says author Atwood, who will continue to work closely with show creator Bruce Miller on the second season. The Handmaid's Tale escaped Atwood's imagination thanks to Hulu. As for June's escape, fans will have to keep watching to find out. Hope you enjoyed this spoken edition of Wired News. And if you'd like more, search for Wired Science and Wired Business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.